Welcome to the Divine Self Secret Garden Podcast. On today's episode, the courageous Mayhem Miller, and I am your host, Megan Corcoran. On today's episode, I am so excited to have the fierce Mayhem Miller. That is the stage name for my high school friend, Dewan Johnson. You may have seen Mayhem on RuPaul's Drag Race Season 10 or uh, All Stars Season 5. Mayhem has an extensive resume. Some of the highlights or where you have may have seen Mayhem is on AJ in the Queen, Germany's Next Top Model as a guest, RuPaul's Drag Race, Holly Slay Spectacular. Um, also, Mayhem was uh, in the Elton John concert um, in the videos. She has traveled all over the world, done performances everywhere, and I am so excited to dig in about finding our true selves and living our true life and and, in our true divine. Welcome to the garden. All right, so welcome to the Divine Self's Secret Garden podcast. On today's episode, I have the wonderful Miss Mayhem Miller, a.k.a. Dewan Johnson from RuPaul's Drag Race Season 10 and all stars. I forget which season is it. Season five of All Stars. Yeah, season five. I think I saw you on the Christmas episode. I know there's so much, and I'll, I, you know, during the intro, we'll put you on there. But, but Dewan and I go way back. We went to high school together, and we're both really fierce singers. Which I don't know. Does anybody in your drag world, Dewan, know that you're a fierce singer? Um, no, actually. <laughs> I'm actually, I'm shocked. I was thinking about that when I was watching you on TV. I'm like, does anybody know how great this man can sing or this woman can sing? I, I was like, you should, you should like incorporate singing into your, into your drag. I, you know what? It's so weird because when I first started in drag, um, I knew of drag queens that did sing live, but it was more of a like, a regional thing. It was more like the, the Queens in New York did that. And then here it was more so lip syncing. So I didn't explore that when I first started doing drag. I was like, Oh no, the, what we're supposed to do is lip sync. I don't have to sing, even though I could. And, you know, as you know, a singer, once you, you know, stop exercising the voice, you lose everything. So I just eventually just was like, Oh, well I just can't sing like I used to anymore. So I stopped and just recently, I started, like, just singing out of nowhere, out of the blue, and people would be like, wait a minute, what? <laughs> and I'm like, oh, hi. Yeah, I, I sing. <laughs> and they're like, why don't you do that? So I've been exploring it a little bit more these days. I think I'm going to have to go through some more of my home videos and dig up some uh, Dewan Johnson fierceness from high school and, like, reveal that you're a really good singer. Thank you. Oh my gosh. So <laughs> it's, it's so funny. I just realized that I'm probably coming out to all the people that watch my YouTube channel. Nobody knows that I'm a singer on there and or at work. I don't really sing much anymore either. So uh, most people, when they find out that I actually am a singer, they're like, what? Really? I'm like, yeah, I moved to New York City and went to school for it and did it for many, many years. So here we go. It's <laughs> I was like 
I put on my YouTube store, or not my YouTube, my uh, my Insta story the other day, just me walking around the house singing I'm bored, but, you know, in like, uh, <laughs> in more of a classical way. And people were like, wait a minute, do you sing opera? And I was like, well, <laughs> I, like, I, I did for a while. <laughs> and they're like, why don't we know this about you? I'm like, there's a lot of things you don't know about me. This is true. Um, and we were just saying before we recorded that we used to run through the forest at my dad's house and record our own version of the Blair Witch Project, oh, wow. which I must find this video. I believe it's at my dad's house somewhere. But um, yes, because I would love to watch it just for our own humor. But um, oh, my God. <laughs> we, we, there was no shortage of drama and acting in these videos. <laughs> Not at all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, okay. I was just saying like, I want to, I wanted to have you on because I do this awesome YouTube channel that I just did in my own recovery from domestic violence. And I've had so many people reach out to me from around the world, especially right now during coronavirus, when domestic violence is up 300% around the world. And I don't believe it's up 300%. I just believe it's exposed because people have nowhere to go. And they have no choice but to call for help right now. And I realized as I was watching, you know, RuPaul's Drag Race, I was like, oh my gosh, a drag queen is really like your own inner self that we never like release and and our own inner strength and fierceness and empowerment. And um, and I was like, wow, I want to interview, you know, I want to interview you and and hear your take on this. But first... So when I moved out, I graduated from high school and I moved to New York City, I came back and there was Mayhem Miller. So how did that even come about? <laughs> um, so what happened was after, after we graduated that summer, I, I found out that there was a gay bar in town and I was like, okay, I'm going to go. And I went and finally, I, I would go and park and have every intention of walking in, but I never could do it. But then finally one night I did. And that night it was drag night. And I sat in the corner of the show and I just watched and was blown away by it. And I was, I would, ne I knew what drag was um, because of like movies like uh, Priscilla Queen of the Desert or Tuong Fu. I knew what it was, but I didn't know it happen here at home <laughs> so I was like wait yeah. what so I was I was just it was just magical and I was like wow this is like this is like theater but in a gay environment and you could be whoever you want to be and I just I just saw the magic in it and I was like I want to do it so um because you know I came from a theater background choir and all that stuff so it was just something familiar and I was like well this new world I'm entering I I I found something that I could connect to. So um, I found uh, my drag mother and I asked her to put me in drag and she did finally. And I did my first show and got a taste of it and was like, oh yeah, I'm going to stick with this as long as I possibly can. And 19 years later, here we are. <laughs> That's amazing. And you have done so much. I have seen you all over the place. I think I, I saw you on, um, uh, what's the Netflix, AJ and the Queen? Oh, AJ, Is it AJ and the Queen? Queen, yes. 
Yeah, so I happen to know Michael Leon Woolley. Uh, we did a, a performance in New York together for domestic violence, actually. Really? Um, and he was he was the host. Yeah, and I sang I sang in the and it was for the charity that I volunteered for in the in New York City. So small world, right? Oh my gosh, that is crazy. Yeah, so I know Michael Michael well, and he's he's fantastic. Um, and and then what else? Where else did I see you? Was it the Elton John concert? Were you in the Elton John? videos yeah. yes. <laughs> oh my god i was like there's mayhem again i was like good for you that's amazing yeah that's uh, awesome i uh elton apparently is a fan of drag race and handpicked me and was like um i want mayhem in it and i was like wait what you know who i am <laughs> so that was pretty magical too oh that's fantastic what um how was it to do your first drag show and like were you nervous getting into drag and like how do you like is it I mean obviously you went to theater and acting and so like what did you do to like prepare and be like oh my gosh I'm gonna go out and do my first drag show and and you know how did that feel you know what it was um I wasn't afraid I I don't get stage fright for some odd reason I'm not one of those people that get stage fright I was just excited to do it and once I did it, it was like a freeing feeling because all my life I was told that my my femininity was wrong. And this was the first time in my life where it was celebrated. And so I was like, oh, my gosh, like I really feel in my skin finally. And uh, this character Mayhem that I just created just was able to open up a whole different world for me. That's amazing. And so... I believe that everybody has feminine energy, regardless of, you know, sexual orientation or, you know, gender preference. Um, I believe every there's total feminine energy, which really is um, something I think everybody should tap into. And even I think women don't tap into their own feminine energy. And, you know, one of the key things I talk to people when I coach people is how do you, how do you tap into that? And it's really just goddess energy. How do you be your own goddess within your own life and have boundaries and and be grounded and come from a place of power and compassion and and you know and knowledge mm-hmm. you know no absolutely so, and so how do you deal with cuz i i follow you on all your social media platforms and there's a lot of haters out there how do you <laughs> and you handle it so gracefully and so how do you how do you handle that like does it does it get you worked up it really does. As much as, you know, any person on social media says, you know, they don't care or we do social media because we're self-centered people and we want attention. So it does bother us that people may not like you. Um, but I, I've learned over the years dealing with it. And, and it only came with, I experienced it once I got on television. Once I got on television, that's when everything changed and it became a negative energy. Um, but navigating the past few years through that, it's 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 helped, it's led to a self-growth. Like I know my strengths even more now. I'm able to uh, identify stressors even better. You know, it's 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 a good thing, even though it's not a good thing. <laughs> yeah. I find so a lot of what I do on my YouTube channel, it will, it's about narcissism and 
you know, and narcissism comes in all shapes and forms, and it's not just in toxic domestic violence relationships. It's, you know, it's people that can, narcissists can get on and project their own inner fears onto you because, but no one knows, like no one knows you. They just think they know you because of what they see on TV, but that's, there's like, you know, way there's so much more of you that people don't see. And so I, I find that um, as I explore this world of narcissism, I'm like, wow, this is everywhere. And um, it's unfortunate because, you know, you, I think you do a lot of good for people and you make people feel good and you make people laugh and you take them out of, you know, things that are going on in their life. If you go to a drag show or you watch drag race um, and it's, it's a shame that people, hate so much, you know, and it's really people hate because they're just projecting their own inner stuff onto you. And that's unfair to give to you. And they don't even know you as a person. It's, it's very unfair because especially with the fandom that I have that I'm involved in, um, it's filled with a lot of people who felt like underdogs. There's a lot of people who felt disadvantaged, um, abused, you know, there's a lot of people who've gone through, the horrible things in life and you would think that they would have more of a compassionate spirit, you know, because they've been through um, all those things, but it's hurt. People want to hurt other people sometimes. And you have to, I always have to remind myself, it's not personal. These people are just hurting and they rather project that energy onto someone else so that they don't feel alone. Exactly. That's exactly what this is all about. Um, you know, I find that in toxic relationships, you know, you have the person that it's, it's two people with kind of low self-worth, which I think we all have in a way. Um, and you have one that comes from a fear-based energy, and then you have one that comes from a love-based energy, and they're the perfect match for each other. You got one that's willing to project their, their own inner fears onto the person that has love-based, and the love-based person wants to take care of and nurture you know, nurture that person and thinks that, you know, the more they love them, they can change them. And then that just escalates the fear and projects more hatred onto that person. And it's a vicious cycle, but it happens, like I said, it happens everywhere. It happens, you know, people do it on social media to people they don't know. It happens in our politics. It happens at the, oh my gosh, the workforce is so bad. You know, there's so many narcissistic bosses and leaders out there that, that hurt people and project oh, yeah. their own And I found that once I opened myself up to this and understood what was going on in my relationship, I was like, wow, it happened. You know, it happens in family dynamics, my family included. And then I realized that I was in a, in a industry at work where I have all of these narcissistic bosses and I'm like in just such a toxic environment. And it's been really hard to unravel, unravel and get myself out of that and find my voice and find my power, find my own inner drag queen, which I'm still, trying to discover her name is basil chiffonade by the way (laughs) (laughs) i like that i like that i went i went to a cooking class a while ago and we were we were chiffonade it's like you roll the basil and then you you slice it and it has a little Uh a little swirly and my my friend with me was like oh my gosh i was like oh i like the word chiffonade and he was like that's your drag name basil chiffonade i was like ooh. That's amazing. Well, I'll take that. No, that is cute. I like that. Um, Yeah. So, you know, but um, what, uh, 
I know that you've talked openly on Drag Race, and I saw, I think, a little clip of you and addiction. And where do you think that comes into play in this whole thing? Um, you know what? I, I'm still trying to figure all that out. Um, I, I started dabbling in <laughs> the dark arts <laughs> of partying, um, you know, when in my early twenties and, um, mainly I just did it, you know, it's sad to say, but to fit in because, you know, all the cool kids were doing all the bad things. And so I'm like, I want to be one of the cool kids. So I'm going to do the bad things too. And, you know, you, you think that you're invincible, especially when you're younger, you know, you think nothing's going to happen to you. You think everything's always going to be a party. It's always going to be the living in the moment situation. And, um, unfortunately my, I didn't know my self-worth, um, at that time in my life. And I didn't care, you know, I, I didn't, I didn't care about myself. And I was just, and I realized the reason why, um, I dove deeper into, um, addiction was because I was trying to hurt myself because I didn't care about myself. And once I realized that and had that, that realization, everything changed because it was like, wait a minute, you're aware of what the issue is. Do you choose to stay there or do you make the steps to get somewhere better? And I was like, Oh no, we gotta, we gotta get somewhere better. (laughs) So, um, you know, I'm still working on myself, you know, um, you know, I still have my, my down moments when I am not as happy and cheery, but I think all artists go through that. Um, and that's what makes us unique and special people is that we are yeah. able to know the greatest heights of life and the depths of it. I find that a lot of people that come out of toxic relationships are also beca- have become alcoholics or drug addicts because it's just an escape out of their environment and, you know, a big struggle um, for them. You know, do you think that there was... Do you think there was, do you think that there's a struggle between Dewan and Mayhem and, and how to live your life as, you know, you, you have this nighttime personality that's, you know, Miss Mayhem Miller, but then during the day you're Dewan and do the two, do the two mix or are they completely separate? You At the beginning, when I first started in drag, I was like, there has to be a separation. There has to be Dwan and there has to be Mayhem and there's no in between. And then as I um, progressed in my art and grew as a person, I realized that they are not separate people. It's an extension of you. And I created Mayhem because I felt Dwan was lacking something. And Mayhem was that, that vehicle to take me to that next level. And I started to embrace it more and just, you know, tell people, you know, there, there isn't a, a separation. I'm, I'm this being that is just special that I have these, these uh, dualities that are one. And um, it's, it's, it's helped shape me to become a better artist and a better person as well. Um, 
it's it, it was it was at the beginning it was difficult to balance the two, but it's um when you're when you're more self aware it's, it's it's a lot simpler than you think. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, I think on this this journey of you know breaking free from domestic violence and, and narcissistic abuse, it's really the same thing. I live in this, you get so manipulated and you live in this facade that you, and I believe I've lived in this facade kind of my whole life and kind of never tapped into who I truly was. And I call it my own inner divine. Um, and it, and really what's helped me through this journey is meditation and, and exploring. And the reason why I named this podcast, you know, the secret garden, I be, I had to go in and like pluck all of the weeds that I have grown within me. Right. And then, so my beautiful garden can grow and I can live my true self and my true life. And it's been a lot of work. Like I've had to really go into some painful moments and see where those have come from and realize that it no longer serves me anymore. And, um, it's really hard to do, but you have to be self-aware and you have to realize the only thing you have control over is, is yourself. And all you can do is improve yourself and your reaction to things. That's, I think, the key. <laughs> you're, I, that's absolutely right. I learned that you're, I don't know, I, I've always been a control freak. <laughs> and yeah. um, I had learned, you know, that even in those moments where I felt that I've lost control, I actually am still in control. And um, it takes me taking a, a beat and realize I got this. You know, and I'm in control of my feelings. I'm in control of how I react to certain things. Um, it's all in, it's all in my power, and I always thought that I lost that power. Or I gave that power to someone else a long time ago, and and I was sitting here without uh, any defense. And it's like, no, you have it all. <laughs> you have it all. You just have to reclaim it. Yes, yes, that's exactly what it is, and that's exactly what happens in a toxic relationship too. Is little by little day by day, it happens very slowly and gradually that you lose, you think you've lost your power. And by the time you realize what has happened and that you're stuck in this quicksand of, of abuse, um, that you have full control to leave and you have full, you know, control to get out. You just have to empower yourself and to, and to recognize, uh, to recognize it and, um, and take your power back and take your control back. And a lot of people that I coach, I find that, they really, really struggle with this concept. And they're so focused on the abuser and changing the abuser's opinion of themselves mm -hmm. or, or changing the abuser's opinion of them. And I'm like, no, stop focusing on them. You can't change them. You can only, you know, focus on, focus on you. Exactly. You have no power over anyone else in the way that they treat you or, uh, but, but you have complete control of how you allow them to treat you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so when you become Mayhem, which I'm actually getting to watch right now, and it's amazing. <laughs> this is like a makeup tutorial too, although it doesn't record visual. Um, I'm like, woohoo, I get to watch Miss Mayhem in action. Get to drag out your performance. <laughs> I, have a, I have a digital show um, I have to record uh, later on this afternoon. So I was like, let's, let's just paint while we talk today. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. How long does it take you to get into drag? Um, I like to have at least an hour. 
I usually okay. I usually get into drag maybe in forty five minutes, but it, it takes me. It's really quick for me. It's not as a <laughs> as a complicated as some people may think it is. It's really easy. Yeah, I um so I love on on All Stars. So you voted for yourself. I have to just address this on this podcast. <laughs> I and I wasn't surprised. I was like, you're such a kind person that I was like, oh, I'm not surprised that you are not gonna vote for your friend and and you know, felt you did the right thing. And I was like, wow, what do you regret that now? Um, no, because I don't live in regret. I always feel everything happens for a reason. And um, at that moment, I felt like it was what I had to do. It was the only fair thing. It was the only uh, right thing for me because that's who I am as a person. And if I tell someone something, I want to honor my word. And um, and also, I was very aware that the cameras were on me. And so the, if I tried to fucking <laughs> lie my way out of it, it would pop up later <laughs> on. And so I'm like, I told this girl on camera that I, I was going to ride all the way to the end, you know, and honor my word. And, and if she was ever in trouble, I was going to have her back. And I strongly believed in our performance that day and felt that the judges were wrong. And I was like, you know what? I'm not going to sit here and campaign against you because that's wrong. And I, I can't tell you in one breath that you were amazing and we did great. And then turn around and tell everyone else, no, she didn't. <laughs> so even though she did it to me, I was like, oh, I never knew that until I watched it, you know, uh, when it came out. But, you know, I have no regrets. I I felt like um, it was a true representation of who I am. And I think people who actually know me were like, that's mayhem. Yeah, I, I, I felt that, too. I don't think you have a mean bone in your body and you've been that way your whole life since I've known you. And um, just always honor your friendships and honor the people around you. And I was like, I was not surprised. Um, and I think, wow, I think that's really sets a good example for being true to who you really are, regardless of a TV show. And um, I, I was really impressed that you that you did that. And uh, I was like, wow, that's that's amazing, because not everybody on that show would do the same thing. No. Um, and. It's crazy because, yeah, it's a competition. People want to win. and There's a lot of money at stake. Um, and everyone wants to, you know, make it to the end. But for me, it was more of a personal journey. It wasn't me trying to go there and win $100,000 and, and win a crown and a title. It was more of, I've done this before. I didn't like how it turned out the first time. And I don't want to ever feel that way again. So how am I going to take back my power that I felt like I lost then? and get it back now. And I was like, all right, let's go and let's do the best that you can and just have a good time. And when you leave, just have um, your heart full. And my heart was full. And I was like, all right, I came and did what I did. And that's what I wanted. And I got what I wanted out of the experience. And it may not be what everyone wanted for me. It's what I wanted for myself. Exactly. That's amazing. That is really true true power. Um, I struggle with, I struggle with that still of how do I be, do what I want for myself 
and versus doing what I want for everybody else. I am a huge people pleaser and I get a giver and I find that I just give way too much and I get myself into situations where I'm not honoring myself or honoring, you know, and a lot of people are like, oh, that's so selfish. No, there's, there's a difference. Selfish comes from a fear-based place where self-worth and self-love comes from a love-based place. And I, I think that's the difference. And that's, you know, you, you honored your values and, and who you are at your core and nobody can fault you for that. That's it's, it's, it's great to know that people recognize that. And, um, and it's good for me. It's just reassuring that I'm like, okay, yeah, I'm doing all right. <laughs> yeah, you're doing just fine. So what did your, how did your parents feel about mayhem? I haven't even asked you this in, in the many years that I've known you. I want to know, how did you, how did you tell them about mayhem? Um, you know what? It was not, it was not good when I first <laughs> uh, exposed them to the diva. <laughs> um, I got kicked out of the house um, and I end up uh, living with one of my uh, loves of my life actually. And um, may he rest in peace. He's passed away since then, but um, it was difficult on my family. And then I end up going back home um, a little while later and um, we did a lot of work. We did a lot of work. Um, my, it was more so me having to realize that my parents had to grieve the person that they thought they had shaped and the, the dreams that they had for me. I had to realize that they were going through a grieving process and letting and learning more about me and letting that go. And it wasn't so much of them hating me or disliking me or disowning me. It was they, they raised a boy that they thought was going to be this, but then they got this and they have no idea how to process that because they don't know my world. And once I was able to not sit in anger with that and come from a place of compassion, everything got better. And now they're big fans of mayhem. They love drag race. <laughs> they talk about drag. My mother talks about drag all the time now. <laughs> and um, the rest of my family loves it too. Everyone, everyone loves it. I think there's a little bit of your mother in mayhem too. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. I, I was like, mayhem? Mm, she's a version of your mother, um, which is the woman in your life, right? But I was like, yes, I see that as I as I watch mayhem. I'm like, ooh. <laughs> yes, there's a lot of Lisa Johnson in there. <laughs> but I think one of the key things you said was you had to release the anger and then accept them for for who they are and then allow them to accept you for who you are. Um, I find that, you know, when I went through everything I went through, I lost my relationship with my family completely. Um, they didn't believe what I was going through. I was starting to kind of fall apart. Um, you know, was drinking a lot, was just crying all the time, was angry. And, you know, and I actually didn't even know to the extent of what I was going through until I got out of it. And, mm -hmm you know, and have held so much anger towards them um, because in the end, I, they left me in a situation that was life-threatening and they didn't want to look at it for what it was. They wanted to believe that, you know, 
my wonderful ex was uh, this one good guy and that everything was, was my fault. And, 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 and I'm a completely different person now. And so I find that now I'm trying to have compassion and understand that they were manipulated and abused by him just as much as I was, but I'm still, I'm still working through it. I'm still angry. (laughs) And that's all right. That's fine. Yes. Yes. And, and, you know, and I can only focus on myself and the need to explain why you did things or the need to explain things I find um, is, is one of the many, many things that a lot of abuse victims go through is having to like explain who you truly are. And I'm like, you shouldn't have to explain anything. No, Just live, live your truth and those will follow. And that's been really hard for me because I'm like, here's the proof. This is what this is about. This is all the domestic violence, you know, all the other YouTube channels that I watch on narcissism. And I found the more that I tried to educate people, the more pushback I got. And I thought, just let it go and let them come around on their own terms. Mm-hmm. Um, but it will always be a very different relationship because I'm a very different person now. I get that totally. Because yeah. you know, when you, when you're going through something of that magnitude and the, your, your center, your, your, uh, your trust and the people that you anchor yourself on are not there for you at that time. It's, it's rocky. It's hard to deal with that. And even though, you know, things might get to a better place, you still always in the back of your mind, like, God damn it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cause you're going through your, like, you know, coming out as mayhem. That's hard for you. Like that's, that's scary. And you're doing these, this new thing and you're trying to explore who she is. And then you want your family on board to help support you. And then they don't. And so then you're even more scared. Um, you know, and it's kind of, it was, it was kind of the same experience. I was like, wow, I didn't realize it was being abused. And then I woke up to it and then I needed help. And it just, and I took a huge journey behind my own closed doors and my own, bedroom meditating and listening to YouTube channels. And I had many therapists and I was like, wow, I'm turning into a completely different person and awakening to a whole side of me that I never had explored before. And they didn't see that. And I find that a lot of people victim shame. I mean, look at what's going on in the world. There's, I mean, I was just watching the documentary on the gymnast, the United States gymnast team that was sexually abused and how many people victim shamed them for coming out. And I'm and same with like the Jeffrey Epstein victims, you know, and, and it's so interesting because I got so much victim shaming from my own family, you know, from my own friends. And it's kind of the same thing. You get all these haters. And I thought it's just because there's so many fear-based people out there that want to project their own crap onto these poor victims who are, it's life-threatening in some cases. And they're, they're very afraid to come out and speak their truth. And then when they do, they get shamed for it. And it's really devastating. It is, it is, because, you know, victim shaming is is disgusting to me, because it's like, you know what, if someone is telling you their experience and their truth, whether you believe it or not, you need to let allow someone to share what they need to share so that they can transition to the next point of their life and, and get to that next place without condemnation and without shame and you know, anytime like I've been in a situation and someone is sharing their truth, it's always received with love and hopefully reciprocated because, you know, I, I would be 
I, w- I would feel terrible if I was in that situation and someone was not there to actually hear me. Yeah, it, it it's 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 a shame, and and even you know taking it one step further, it's not even if you believe it, you don't you don't know until you've been there. And so I kind of think back, I'm like, well, no one got to, no one got to come home and sleep in my bed every night and walk in my shoes. And so how do you know? Mm-hmm. And, and so it's just, it's believing that what they tell you is their truth and supporting their truth. And it's not your job to try to decide whether or not it's true for you. Yeah. Right. It's, it's your, it's your job to be a support system. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. So one last question and then we can wrap this up, but how is dating for Miss Mayhem? Is it hard to date being the most wonderful drag queen on the planet? Oh my gosh. Um, well, during this pandemic it has been terrible because I've been approached a lot by, um, guys who are interested but it's not like I can go do anything. It's not like I can go date because half of them live across the world. <laughs> and, and even the ones who are nearby, it's just like, you know, we, we have the social distance and we have, I, of course me, I, I want to be an example because certain people, some people don't believe that this is real. And that's why we're stuck in this still. So, you know, I'm like, okay, um, can this be over now? So I could, get a love life because <laughs> I'm, I, I'm overdue. I'm overdue for some love. I, um, I found the total opposite with the pandemic. I'm like, great. We get to go on a date in the, in my own home on video chat and like get, get through the riffraff easily. Right. So and be like, okay, I, uh, I will uh, get rid of it and decide if I want to meet you later. But you're right now that if you want to meet somebody, you're like, Meh. I think we should still video chat for a while. So um, it's been interesting. And it's also lonely, you know, living alone by home by yourself. And you're like, yeah, you want, you want a date. It's, it's, it's crazy. Cause like I have, I think I've had, I've gone on more dates digital digitally than I have <laughs> before the pandemic, because I, for, there's been a couple guys that I've like, okay, we'll, we'll, you know, do a little FaceTime and, cook, eat together, watch, you know, a movie or two and just, you know, have conversations that way. And I'm like, I just want to do this in person though. <laughs> I'm tired of being in this house. I'm so bored. I love it. Well, Miss Dewan, how, um, how can people come find you on social media? You want to tell people how they can come follow you? Oh my gosh. You can follow me on every social media platform at the only mayhem. Are all of your social uh, media platforms are the only mayhem? Yes. And uh, you can go back and watch uh, season 10 of RuPaul's Drag Race or All Stars. I think you're on the Christmas one too. Yeah. I saw that. I did a Christmas special. I did, I, I did makeup for this uh, celebrity drag race. And I uh, was featured on season 12. <laughs> I've been a very busy girl. Yeah, and what's uh, what's what's to come? Anything that you can share? Um, you know what? Actually, I have not been doing anything. I've been taking this time to really relax, get more grounded, more centered, learn more about myself, and not 
be so much of a workhorse because that's I've I've done that for years now and been in full full mayhem mode and now I've had time to actually just sit in it. So I've just been relaxing and chilling. So whenever the I think world opens back up, I will revisit doing other things. I think that's great. You're just saying that you're talking to guys from around the world. Um, I want to go on a tour and talk to people that I've coached and do a podcast and or start writing a book. So we should Ooh. go on like a world tour together. You can go date and I'll interview people. Absolutely. And then, and then we can reconvene at the end of the night and talk about everything and write our own book about it. I'm ready for <laughs> it. I am so ready. <laughs> Well, thank you for coming on. I appreciate it so much. And I uh, I have enjoyed chit-chatting with you. Thanks for having me. It's good to catch up. Thank you so much, Dewan, a.k.a. Mayhem Miller. I am so excited that you came on to this podcast. For those of you listening, if you would like to follow Mayhem, you can follow her at The Only Mayhem on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. For those of you listening and you want to come follow me on The Divine Self on YouTube or you can find me at thedivine-self.com to come do a coaching. On next week's episode, Thomas Murray's back and we're going to talk about narcissist victims syndrome and what happens to the victim as they live with the narcissist. Until next time, have a good evening.